Hey, welcome to the No Decaf Podcast with your host and tech startup owner, Adam Araujo. No Decaf is about the journey that non-technical and technical founders face, the issues that they encounter along the way, and how to avoid or fix them. So go grab some No Decaf and welcome to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the No Decaf Podcast. Today, we are joined by our special guest, Tali and Whitney from theblinkdate.com. And today we're going to be going over why having two different opinions or personalities uh, can work and how it works and why it's relevant and how you can kind of move past all the scenarios and, and issues and stuff that they faced, especially with having um, kind of like the yin and yang um, going on with their startups. So Without further ado, Tali, Whitney, welcome to the No Decaf Podcast. So tell us, how did Blink or the Blink Day start? How'd you get the idea? Yeah, first off, thanks for having us. Um, we're so happy to be here uh, and tell you more about Blink. Uh, so how the idea uh, came up. So it actually came to me in 2012. So it's been eight years since I had the idea and uh, it started after I went to a blackout restaurant and we were seated with another couple, even though we, you know, we're told we, we could talk to them if we wanted to, we didn't have to, if we didn't want to, it was communal dining. We couldn't see them uh, through the meal. Something just sparked conversation between us. And we had an amazing time. We shared all these crazy things and we had no idea what they looked like. And after the dinner, they let us out. And I remember seeing this other couple and realizing like, these people are nothing like what I would have thought based on our conversation. And had I seen them before the conversation, I probably wouldn't have had that same conversation with them because I would have made assumptions about who they are, what they're like. Uh, And so it was this kind of moment where I realized just how much we assume about people based on these physical traits, whether it's their haircut, their shoes, their clothing, and how important it is to, to kind of get past that and how different we are and how more, much more vulnerable we are when we aren't thinking about those things. And I thought, how amazing would it be if we could bring this into the context of dating where people, uh, especially in now nowadays with modern dating apps, we're making these snap judgments based on what people look like and their profiles. And it would be really amazing if we could see if there's a real chemistry there and a real uh connection between people in conversation rather than make those split second judgments based on looks and profiles. So that's where the idea came from. And here we are now in 2020 actually working on it. Nice. And so Tali and Whitney, so what are y'all's roles in the company? Yeah. So I'm the founder, CEO, idea, uh, ideator, I guess, of the concept. And uh, Whitney, I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Whitney. I am the chief operating officer. So that is everything that falls under there. They do handle marketing, legal, tax, fun things like that. Um, <laughs> and we kind of, you know, we split split the role on kind of creation of ideas and, and really figuring out how we're going to move forward. Nice. And so, so fun fact, both of you are lawyers. Yes. Well, <laughs> I'm a recovering lawyer, but yes, by education. Yeah, Very that's crazy. Fun fact. You're a lawyer. <laughs> I'm telling you, I would be like the moment I found that out, I would I would just feel like I'm being interrogated the whole time. Wow. And I'd feel like I would need like an NDA signed, like before moving forward with this conversation. I mean, I'm just saying, do y'all have like terms and conditions that they have to go on be- or they have to sign before they go on a date? Like I, I just, you know, that's that's kind of like my thought process on it. But that, that's it's a really cool concept. Um, cause you're right. I mean, everyone does have like these preconceived notions 
you know, especially when I start talking, people think I look like Thor, you know, like, and it's not just, <laughs> is that a bad thing? I feel like that would work in your favor. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends. It's kind of intimidating, right? Yeah. No, but um, I, I think that's a really cool idea. And I, I think I read something somewhere that there's a rating system. So essentially the, the matching process, we'll, we'll go into that. It's a two-part um, matching process. The first part is a virtual blind speed date. So it's essentially a phone call via the app. And okay. after the date, you tell us if you feel that there's a connection. And there's like a three, three, three options for doing that. And it's a no, there was no connection. I'm not interested in exploring this further. Yes, there was absolutely a connection and I'm interested in exploring it further. And then there's a middle ground, which is more aligned with real life of, you know, maybe there's something here and I'm just not really sure yet. I need to kind of explore it a little bit more. And so we have a three-part kind of system as opposed to, you know, a binary yes, no, which you see in a lot of other dating apps. And then the second part of the matching process is uh, the acknowledgement that love isn't blind. We know that physical attraction is really important in a relationship. And so there is a photo kind of swipe function, but all you're seeing is a single photo. There's no profile. There's no name even. So you don't know if it attaches to anyone you've spoken with. And the idea really for us to see would you be interested in continuing a conversation with this particular person if there was a connection? And so we're separating that physical from that personality because personality is really more important. And, and you know, science shows that uh, the most passionate relationships aren't built on immediate attraction. They're really built on attraction that's developed over time. And so we do take into account that physical attraction, but not in the same way that other dating apps do. So how did both of you come up with these steps? Like, what was there like, it has to be three steps. And then Whitney was like, no, there has to be two. And you're like, no, it has to be three. And she's like, you know what? There should be four. Like, I mean, was there any, was there any like, it's interesting because it's, it's such a unique idea and a really crowded marketplace. Right. So I think, you know, it's no secret that, that we have really big competitors in this place. And so when we sat down and we looked at, all right, what's Bumble doing? What did Tinder do? What is, what is Hinge doing? You know, what are these big apps doing? And how can we, we separate ourselves? How can we make something that's different? Um, and I think organically, when we were thinking about that, it wasn't, it became clear that it maybe isn't a, always an easy yes or no. And, and that after a conversation, you're like, maybe. Or you, maybe you see a photo and it's a maybe, but you have an amazing conversation. We wanted to account for that yeah. and get those matches in there. And I think a lot of times when you, when you are doing the standard swiping on some of those other apps, you really miss out on that, that maybe that middle ground that Tali is kind of speaking of. So I think it organically kind of came up for us. Um, and now I think it's really one of our, our differentiations that, you know, stay, make us stand out. Okay. And so what, what things that, or what are some things that have come up, I guess, maybe in the, beginning stages or, um, you know, maybe in the middle or maybe now, like what are some things that you guys have like gone back and forth on and how did you make those decisions? I think the first thing that comes to mind for me is the logo and Whitney, you can tell me wrong, but we had very different visions for what the logo should look like. Okay. it, It comes kind of from our just like our ideologies or backgrounds in general. Like I'm a very practical person. And so I wanted a logo that was practical, that was very, kind of apparent and also connected to our concept in a very obvious way. And part of that was also driven by, like Whitney said, us entering a very crowded market. I wanted people to be able to see our logo and know, okay, this is a dating app, but without right. being necessarily cheesy or what have you. And so it's kind of a fine line to dance. Okay. Whitney, I'll let you speak for yourself, but had a very different approach in kind of thinking about our logo. 
Yeah, I, I think, you know, I was on the other end of the spectrum. I'm like, let's do something abstract. And we had this like whimsical kind of swoosh drawing um, that was meant to be a blinking eye. And I felt really passionate about it. I was like, I love it. You know, nailed it. We got it. We got the design back. And I was like, I need, need to do this. Um, and we sampled a ton of friends because we were really at an impasse between the two of us. We, we, we were like, I was digging my feet in the ground, you know, in, in one way. And, and Tali was as well. And um, I think, you know, out of that, we, we really sampled a lot of people and we got a lot of opinions. Um, we tracked all of that data and, and kind of came to an agreement and, and at the end. Um, and now I have to say that I love our logo. I, I, I really think it works. And as the beta, as the beta version of our app has come in and we've downloaded it on our phone, seeing that icon in the middle of all the other icons has been huge and it looks so good. And, and I can actually admit that my whimsical, uh, little eye drawing swoosh probably wouldn't have looked as good on the app screen. So fair enough. So is there, is there a decision-making process that you have? like came up with, whether it be like subconsciously or not. Uh, maybe you don't even have it in writing. Maybe you're just like, all right, rock, paper, scissors. And then <laughs> like, let's go. Right. Uh, like what, what, or, or maybe it's a, maybe it's a legal agreement. I don't know. I mean, I don't know with you two. So like what, what things have you come up with that have like been like the tiebreaker essentially of like, I like this, I like this hard line in the sand, not budging. I mean, I, my response is usually because I know that I, I am an opinionated person and I don't want Whitney's opinion to not be heard. And so sometimes in order to make myself step back from my opinion, I, I ask other people for theirs. And so in the case of the logo, like Whitney said, we just kind of pulled a bunch of friends. And I think what we really discovered is that there was a mix of opinion and some people liked abstracts and some people like practical. And so at the end of the day, that wasn't all that helpful because it just kind of showed that other people were aligned and thinking differently about it. And we just had to come to our own decision. But in some cases, it's really helpful to get an outside opinion and kind of get another person's perspective on it. And usually I, I don't give them any context. I'm just like, which do you like more? What do you think this means? And they tell me and I'm like, okay, well, I guess maybe my I'm the odd one out or uh, I'll share it with Whitney and be like, well, this is what somebody else said based on this message. So maybe we should go this way. And sometimes I think maybe in some cases it results in us rejecting both kind of responses that we like both of our opinions and coming up with a new one. And so I, from my perspective, that's been a really great way to get uh, to get a little distance from kind of it being Whitney versus Holly so much as like what what is really behind this and what what do we need to be thinking about in making this decision? Whitney, I don't know if you have any other strategies, but that's I mean, sort of my my approach. Completely. I think it's so easy when you're in it. And you, you know, you, you come up with something or you have something, an idea in your head and you're so close to it that it's super important to kind of distance yourself. And I think for us finding third parties, one, it serves two purposes. It kind of, you know, splits the tie break, but also gets friends and family really excited about what we're doing. So it's just another excuse to be like, hey, check out, you know, this side project or check out this logo or what do you, you know, it gets us to be able to talk about it um, and get a really, really great feedback that's super helpful. Yeah, yeah that, that that's really interesting because, I mean, you're almost kind of like, hey, do you like this? By the way, download it <laughs> right? yeah. or, or go join. Um, and and so I, I want to ask you a little bit more technical question, because obviously that's that's kind of like the the beginnings of it. Right. Like, oh, the logo. Oh, like, what are we what are we going to like? What's our branding going to be like all that stuff? Now, what did you figure out first? Was it the branding or was it like we got to build this and we got to start building this? 
I think we started with the technical while also thinking about the branding because the technical piece, it took us a few months to find um, a developer. Neither of us, are, neither Whitney nor myself are, are technical. Um, neither of us can build an app on our own. And so it took right. a, a lot of time to find a developer that fit with kind of the things we wanted and also from a price perspective. And so we started that process while simultaneously thinking, okay, here's our company name. I think we didn't even know what our company name was going to be when we first started. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but thankfully it took a few months. So we had some time to kind of identify our name, get our domain, do all of the other things, come up with our logo and our branding. Um, so it was a little bit of a parallel process. So with, uh, and, and so who found the person to code? I think they found me on Slack. I had posted really? asking about, it was in some workspace for LA, I think. Um, and I posted asking, does anybody know any freelance developers? And he reached out and was like, hey, I have kind of a, a small shop here. And I he manages a team, a couple teams actually offshore, which actually worked really well for us in terms of kind of pricing and then having somebody here in LA. Well, here, I'm not here in LA right now, but having someone in LA on the ground with us that we could work with on our time zone who could really understand where we're, what we're trying to achieve. So it was a really great combination. Yeah, it's and, and I mean, Whitney, what what are your thoughts? I mean, did you have any? Um, I mean, did you, both of you meet with the person? Because I know when you know when I was first developing my software, I was I was really nervous. I was like, I kind of want to let this person do it, but then again, I don't want them to like run off my idea and like rebrand this instead of it being the blink date, call it like the pink date, and <laughs> you know, like have like a completely total other different version. Uh, but I mean, once you get in it and you build it and you notice and you realize like execution is all that matters and, you know, someone could have the same exact thing as you do. And, and if you execute better, you end up winning. Yeah. Um, and that kind of goes out the window. But I mean, what was like your thought process? Were, were y'all like, eh, maybe, I don't it know. It was really interesting because I think we met with like six or seven different people. I mean, we met with a lot of people. And yeah. I think for Tolly and I not having a technical background, it was really interesting, right? Like we didn't yeah. exactly know the questions to ask and so a lot of the first meetings were kind of like practice like not really interested but you know what like let's let's ask these questions like what is it the thing what are the things we need to know what do, what do we need to be asking about um and totally had a pretty good understanding of that and for me I was I was so lost in those meetings to be honest because you know like like we've talked about I'm kind of business brained and and right. you know, kind of big picture and things like that and so the tech side kind of confuses me but for, for for where we settled on Jared, you know, in new tech, it was it was really clear that there was a relationship as well as a knowledge level. Um, and so both of us felt super comfortable to move forward with him, which was really great. Nice. Yeah. And, and I feel I feel the same way. And because it's like, you know, I could barely put like, you know, I, I could barely write a text message out without putting like a, an acronym of like <laughs> LOL or something like that. You don't want me like coding, uh, you know, an entire app. Um, I mean, I, I thought I was going to be sick. I'm like, how hard can coding really be? Right. And so I took like a, uh, I don't even know what it was. I think it was like a, a Python class. It was like, make the duck walk three steps to the right. And then I couldn't make the duck walk three steps to the right. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. I don't care what it costs. I'm going to pay someone. But then you started going into like, well, how do I know this person isn't the, like, maybe I need another person. So how much do I pay them? Like, there's, there's a lot of questions that you come in. Right. And um, that's when I came up with, um, you know, working with an accelerator and, and and they helped me out a lot. But I did find that having a project manager was like the biggest thing that I was missing. 
Because yeah. the project manager, they may not know how to code, but they know how to manage the project. Obviously, it's in their name, and they know who to look for, what the average rate is. Like, I, I feel like that would be a, you know, another step in the beginning is getting a project manager and, and maybe even a consultative, a consultative one where they're like saying, "Hey, you know, I can't pay you on you bring you on full time, but I can pay for some of your time. Like, what should I be looking for?" Um, and I feel like that, that's one thing that I really, really, uh, you know, struggled with. And I think a lot of people who are non-technical like us three, who like, we have this great idea, but we have no idea how to go about building it, which is why this podcast exists, to be honest with you. Um, and, and so what problems did you face in the beginning, um, versus what problems are you facing now? I think in the beginning, it was mostly finding someone to build the app and finding someone within our price range to build it. So that was the biggest challenge and the biggest hurdle then. I think our biggest challenge now is getting the word out. Um, It's, you know, Bumble, Tinder, all of these big dating apps are out there. People use them. People like them. uh, And we're kind of a a new app and getting the word out, getting users uh, and, and, kind of grow, starting that organic growth cycle is really hard. And so that's the biggest challenge I think we're facing now. And I think the other one that kind of goes hand in hand is funding. Uh, We're self-funded right now. And in order to get kind of institutional funding, you need to kind of show the the user interest. And to get the user interest, you need money to market to the users because it's really hard to to get the word out there. And it's not made any easier by the fact that dating uh, apps and the dating industry in terms of advertising is regulated. And so advertising to users on Facebook, on Instagram, and so on is harder in the dating space if you're not a known entity because your ads will get rejected because you're not a known dating uh, partner. And so it's all this kind of cyclical problem that we're kind of in right now. And we're trying to find ways to get the word out in other ways and get past those barriers and find other ways to kind of share stuff on social. Uh, So that's, that's the biggest thing we're, we're kind of trying to tackle now. Okay. And and Whitney, I mean, is that the same thing for you? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, it's, it's a chicken and the egg kind of scenario, right? You got to have money to market and you got to market to get money. And so, you know, we're constantly going back and forth with that. Um, right. And, and what's what really interesting is that we've kind of based our whole timeline off of the app development, right? So that was the first thing we did. And we said, okay, it's going to be ready on X date. And that's been our goal to raise, you know, money and to have marketing plans. Whereas, you know, normally you might have a whole business plan well, well, well before, you get into building the app and get it ready for launch. And so we've been really working on a, on a pretty tight timeline that's mm-hmm. purely based on when that app's going to be ready. Um, and then once it's on the market, you know, we'll do beta testing and, and get users and things like that. Um, but I think once people see the concept, they're really going to see the value in it. And I think, you know, once, once people realize that this product is different, it's really going to stick. And so it's just, it's just a matter of getting people to see that. Okay, cool. And so right now, um, like how far out are you from the actual development of, you know, actually, you know, getting it released? Are you going to be on the app store? Is it only going to be a, uh, a desktop version? Will you have a desktop version? Like kind of what, what do you got going on? Yeah. So we'll have an iOS and Android app, no desktop app. Okay. And we're hoping to launch later this year. I'm not going to give an exact date because I don't want to, you know, inevitable delays happen when uh, developing an app. And so sure. we're, we're planning for later this year, uh, so 2020 uh, on the horizon. Uh, so it's close. It's close. Yes, close. It's close, Adam. You better be ready. From now until 
till uh, I guess December. Yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> Two enough. Two months, right? Two and a half months. Yep. Nice. So, so, so that's like line drawn in the sand. That's when you're releasing it. I think that's a good start because maybe if you did it on January or maybe even December 31, um, and and people are like, ah, new year, new me. You know, I can't wait for those to start. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's going to be great. It's always a classic. Um, so, so I know advertising has been difficult and obviously you want to get as many users, um, saying, Hey, I'm interested. Uh, you know, maybe I'm using something else right now, but it's only when like I'm bored. Um, and it's not really goal based. Right. So like, how do you get the word out when you can't advertise on Facebook? Can you advertise on Google or no? Like, is there Whitney, I'll let you take this one. I mean, so this, so this is the conundrum, right? And I like uh, the decision making process, right? Yeah. Look at that; it's going down live. Yeah, that was an action yeah. These are CMO, COO, CFO. So you know, when I went to business school before law school, there was there was practical method, um, and that that was so long ago that those don't apply anymore. And so now you really look at a lot of social media and things like that 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 I wasn't learning about in school. Um, so our biggest thing is to get really, you know, great brand influencers that want to talk about our product. Um, the important thing there is to be really careful with who, who we have represent us because we want the right market. We want the right feel. Um, and so that takes a while to, to kind of identify the right people and then get them to work with us and want to partner. Sure. Um, events and spawn, you know, events would be great. And we're in a weird time now with COVID. Um, where we can't really sponsor and be a part of that. Um, but we'd love to as soon as that starts back up. And and doing really fun podcasts with people that are really interesting um, to talk about tech. And we'll talk about dating and why we think it's important to to date differently and to ditch that swipe culture right. um, and things like that. And so really just trying to organically get the word out, but but be protective of the brand and, and our messaging at the same time. For sure. Yeah, because I mean, you really got to take it to account like, um, like who is my target demographic? And I, I work with this on a lot of our clients as well. And I mean, literally when you think of like soccer mom, right? Yeah. Like what kind of car do you think they drive a minivan? Right. Cause that just instantly like just pops in your head because you understand like that's that demographic. And if, um, you know, if you get someone in there, who's like maybe 18, who's like fresh out of high school and they're just like, you know, it's not the right demographic. Exactly right yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it, and it's and that's what we always say. We're like, Blink is not for everyone, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's going to be for someone who who wants to get vulnerable with us, who wants to, you know, to put the time in, who wants to meet people and take a risk, um, and and really want to make a real connection. So, you know, I think I think there's still a hip and fun and young element to it. I think it's a really fun app, sure. um, and it looks great. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll it's not for everyone, and that's okay. For sure. And, and so, you know, for the millions of people who are listening to this right now, um, ha- do you have anything that you'd like them to know about your app or kind of anything that's happening and how they can, um, you know, possibly get on the waiting list? Because again, it's only 60 days out or so, right? Yeah. No, no exact timing. Could be, could be tomorrow. Probably not. But. Tomorrow, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so is there a way for them to actually you know, check it out, get early access, you know, before anyone else, so they can, you know, try and try it and that sort of thing. Yeah. Right now we're hoping to get beta users and uh, just go to the blink date.com, um, sign up. There's a wait list there. 
um, hit us up in our socials and we can direct you. And we're always happy to talk and answer questions um, as people have them and connect nice. with potential members. Love that. So, so, and your social on everything, and this is like, what social platforms are you on? Twitter, I'm assuming on everything, right? Because I mean, Instagram, we're on Instagram, too, but we're figuring yeah. that out still. Yeah, for sure. So at theblankdate.com, um, B, uh, T-H-E-B-L-I-N-K-D-A-T-E. Uh, hopefully I spelled that right. Yeah. Uh, so, so literally you can go there and go to theblankdate.com. And if you want to donate anything, uh, even a dollar, every every dollar helps, especially when you're donating or uh, or trying to build a software company. Um, it's definitely going to be wisely spent, and you could say you are a part of uh, of something of a, of a tech startup. Who knows? Maybe it'll be the next Tinder. Maybe it'll be the next uh, whatever. And you can say, "Hey, I help them, you know, get to where they are." And you know, I'm like an initial adapter of yeah. uh, of their of their company. So um, I really appreciate. Both of you coming on here. Uh, hopefully, we have you on again. And next time, you know your app's going to be uploaded. You're going to be millionaires, and maybe I can, uh, you know, ask for donations that way. So, exactly, uh, Adam. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> absolutely. Me. Well, I hope you have a great day, and I will hopefully talk to y'all soon. You've been listening to the No Decaf Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.